so so are we are we live yeah we are live cool so i think for starts um we should talk about what we're all drinking since this is uh a drunk departed episode it's our only the first drunk episode we've ever done yeah this is yeah and and i think we've we've both probably had alcohol while doing this is like an official yeah yeah. oh yeah this is the only one that i also i had a drink before we started too to try i'd say 50 percent of the episodes in the past at least i have been i have like drank before or during Mm -hmm. the episode it's just it wasn't labeled in the title of the episode (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i remember when i came on going hard i came on for the decade list and I remember I was kind of plastered for yeah, one we, reason we or the other. Yeah, we drank before doing the Decades List episode. I was, that's technically a drunk episode then, because I was... Yeah, we I'm were rambling sure on. I was drunk during I'm that. I'm sure we were rambling on, so... No difference today. It's a movie yeah. podcast, so it's it's going to happen. But tonight we're really, we're really doing it. We're really drinking, so... Hell yeah. I, uh, John, John, like, tell, tell everyone... Later, we're going to do world what you're drinking. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got a beer bong. Yeah, we're going to do some beer bongs and keg stands a little bit. We'll do an intermission. Yeah. So this evening, I am having Irish whiskey because of The Departed. You know, I actually, yes. I should also mm. say, since it's such a long movie, I have it up on my TV right now, just on mute. Just so I can. Oh, like that's cool. Watch you're it in Perfect. We should be doing that. Yeah, I just have the subtitles on, so every every few few minutes, yeah. I just look up, see what's going. Awesome! On. I, I I love yeah. it. I love the enthusiasm. It's like his own little commentary over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like a well, silent film. <laughs> it's it's way different watching it with the with these subtitles. It's, it's still <laughs> it's still great. Man and talking hunting. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Get the fuck and, out and, of and that's what you've been dr- you've stuck to the <laughs> get the fuck out. Um, yeah, that's what you've stuck to all night is the Irish whiskey. Yes, Irish whiskey and squirt. That is like my uh, that's kind of like my go to, like a college. It feels like a college drink, you know. Sometimes I like to feel like an adult and actually, you know, bitters and tonic or something, you know, and right in a cocktail. But sometimes i just want to be like in college again and just do soda and and whiskey squirts yeah squirts classical for college mix-in it's almost oh, yeah. a luxury in college it's squirt a, and a, everything goes together right squirt and tequila is good squirt tequila squirt vodka squirt, everything yeah i've done squirt and te- whiskey right now and that's yeah i just mix it with squirt awesome oh it goes with yeah, gin too sounds delicious oh any yeah anything yeah yeah all so right well good to Good to know. That's my choice. Yeah, and, and also, did you uh, when you watched it the other day? Did you drink? You know, I I know you told me I should, and I didn't. Oh, but you I, didn't. I, I took a couple edibles though, which was a, a interesting experience. I, I was just feeling like anxious about life stuff, so I was like, I, I don't know if I need alcohol right now. So. But it it was still a it was still a very good experience, um, and now I'm now I am getting drunk and watching it on mute. So yeah, like it's almost the same experience. That's cool, man. Either way, I don't care that you didn't drink. I mean, either way, I just don't wanted you me. to immerse more into the uh, Departed. That's all. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, Jake and I have a real history of just uh, drinking and watching this movie. Um, I think we've been doing it for maybe, you know, three, four years now at this point, because uh, there's just one time where we watched it drunk and it was like the funnest time ever. And I will always remember that time. And so we always, you know, we always just try to do it again. Yeah, that was an incredible watch. Top tier of my life, really. But I wanted to ask you guys, actually, because I remember I distinctly remember when I first saw this movie when I was in high school, because um, I don't know if you guys did this or if you got as dirty as I did, but I was going down like the IMDb top 250 list because that was like my frame of reference. Where, like These are the greatest movies. And in there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I had uh, the only friend I had at, at in high school who nerded out about movies and we would go through the list together and like at school the next day, just talk about what we had seen. And, you know, we were going through Fight Club, the Godfather movies and uh, eventually the Goodfellas are like, who's this Scorsese guy? Scroll down the list to like, you know, 40 through 50. You see The Departed. You see DiCaprio, Damon, Wahlberg, Nicholson. And like, I've never heard of this movie. And we watched it. And I swear at the time, I thought it was the greatest film I'd ever seen. And to this day, I still think it's one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's like, I, I don't, th if you don't think it's like one of the best movies, in my opinion, like I, I, I'll, I'll, I hopefully disagree. Yeah. <laughs> like I put it up there with like, when I think like Heat is one of the best movies and stuff like that, like, or like Jurassic Park is one of the best movies. It's just, uh, Yeah it's it's unfair yeah. yeah exactly and, and 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 the more you see it it's one of those where you could just watch it a million times and just continue to uh uh know more about it and just like uh have a better idea of how it's put together and just like the genius of that uh yeah do you guys know I was how you thinking okay. right when we right when i started watching it yesterday re-watching it i just i mean this is the third time I'd seen it now, but I I always know right from the get go that okay this is this is a good movie this is gonna be a good movie and it's um it just cause it just starts out so confident it's, it it reminds me of Goodfellas too where just like that there's that little narration in the in the background and um, and the music of course yeah it so starts it like, out with like voiceover and then. Uh, and it, like an image, an un unforgettable image. Yeah, it's like stock and, footage. Yeah. It's just like immediately, like, oh, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love, yeah, I. This it's so, and it's also just really like digestible. It's not only genius, but like there was one time we were on the way back from Hawaii, I think, and I wanted to, I really wanted to get back. Um, I was like just so tired of being on a plane. I was just hating it. And so I was like, the easy way to get through a, like four hours is just to watch something that you love and is like fun and great every time. And so I just watched The Departed on a plane and it, it was like, it got me through that flight. Nice. I, was, I had it loaded up on my old, old iPod Touch back in high school. It'd be <laughs> something I would, I would just like scroll through different scenes. Like yeah. I'd scroll through the microprocessor scene or the... The, the raid that happens later on, like at the, when Jack Nicholson spoilers get shot, 
and just do that in high school. And I would do that with like so many movies that are feel kind of like, it's like vignettes, which is a lot of Scorsese movies where you can just kind of jump in at any point. And that's just, yeah. scenes feel like mm-hmm. just so replayable in and of themselves. The same with Goodfellas, Casino, all of his movies. Well, that's also why like, it's a maybe, it's maybe Marty's best, uh, tv movie so like when you turn it on on amc or tnt like you're usually i'm when i tune in i'm at like i don't know the leo dicaprio uh therapy scene it's always seems to be (laughs) on that one and then i end up like watching true (laughs) i end up always watching towards like the theater scene um at the the porn theater scene where eventually leo ends up following damon out um into the alleyways and then I'm like, okay, well, now, you know, now I've, and then usually I stop at that point when I'm watching on TV um, because then I'm like, all right, well, then I would just end up watching another two hours or whatever this thing <laughs> has left. Um, and, and it is a movie, I, I think, even though it is a good TV movie, I like just the, you know, start to finish watch, uh, you know, a few drinks, uh, maybe some weed edibles, as John mentioned, and, like you know just get really really into it yeah um i don't think we ever answered the yeah first how'd question. you guys uh discover this movie no well we never said what we were drinking oh that too oh yeah that was yeah me yeah yeah <laughs> we're just hennessy seven up that's really it yeah we're drinking <laughs> hennessy seven up i had this beer earlier it's called blazed orange it's like a milkshake ipa it's super heavy it's a hot butcher it... ipa man exclusive at <laughs> <laughs> this hey, is I'm one of those you'd see at a craft I'm a beer festival. Milkshake IPAs. <laughs> I yeah, like those I bought lot. two. Bought two yesterday, and it's, this is one of them. This is the better of them. Blaze Orange by Seven Percent. It's pretty hefty. Yeah, yeah it's dang, pretty good. Yeah, those IPAs. Those are those are good like dessert beers. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's so sweet. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, and so yeah, we're drinking Hennessy and Seven Up. I've drank it a lot before concerts. Seven Up left here. Um, in the past, it's a great just up, uh, an up, but also hazy, uh, liquor to drink. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, obviously, you're being more authentic culturally with your uh, Irish whiskey. But I still, I I think this is still a good pot. We got a good podcasting uh, liquor going, and we drank some wine earlier and had some dinner. So you know, there's there's been a it's been a long preparation for drunk departed yeah oh you guys are really set for it yeah that's uh (laughs) this is is all i got i just did the irish whiskey that's that's my only uh like plus one there but uh nice i might also have to get uh another another drink some point in the next uh, yeah i mean that's the power (laughs) of uh editing (laughs) Mm -hmm. for during this episode yeah well then, what your other your question then, Jake was when did we first uh, discover the Departed? Yeah, just like, do you remember when you first watched it, or how you came to it? Were you just a fan of Scorsese? I remember when like I that? first watched it because I there was a point towards the end of high school where I was just wanting to watch a bunch of yeah, like you said, like the IMDb <laughs> fifty, like these movies yeah. that I had heard people talk about so much. Um, and my brother-in-law, sister's husband, he, um, he had just recently started dating my sister and he, and he had talked about how much he loved Goodfellas. 
and uh i uh I, this sounds crazy to me but i'm pretty sure this is a, this is real that i was at walmart and the departed and goodfellas were both in like the five dollar yeah movie bin the dvd and, bin yeah and so i was just like looking through these dvds and i got both of them and i was like oh i gotta see like both of these movies are both supposed to be so good. So then I watched, I remember probably in the same week I watched Goodfellas, which this Goodfellas DVD, you had to flip halfway through you flip <laughs> it to the other side. Wow. To watch the second half of the movie. It's it was like so early, long. Early early the, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I don't even know if I have any other. I used to have to do that for DVDs Lord of the like Rings that. as a kid. That's the one experience yeah. I have with that. Yeah. That's a throwback. We I had like that. the, our family had like the Titanic VHSs mm-hmm. too, and there's like four of them. There's you four. Watch. There's like the yeah, two. you have to watch like 45 minutes on each VHS or something, and then switch. Blockbuster. Out. But, yeah. Blockbuster had that. It was like the two taper section. I remember, and it was all movies that were like two and a half hours or more, and they'd all have like a shit ton of tapes. Like one day I'll watch those long epic movies. Yeah. <laughs> and that's my that's my first experience with The Departed. <laughs> all right i think it's good now to jump into the movie uh into the very beginning as we the beginning that uh john uh deemed as goodfellas-esque uh where we yes. fade into a shadowy dark jack nicholson walking through like a little like uh little sh- little i don't know shop or so of some sort and uh the voiceover of not wanting to be a product of uh your environment um and then we get then we you know we jump into the one of the longest intros in a movie before the actual opening credits start to roll you know like the amount we see from you know first seeing jack through this opening is is ridiculous the amount of information and character and just uh you know uh character philosophy and uh you know knowledge and stuff that's dropped on us in this amount of time is uh it's one of the reasons why it makes it so watchable is that it just starts off so easily and it's the opening is just done so well and packed packs in so much that the rest of the movie has so much more to unfold after that. Um, we're introduced to maybe like five to five to eight main characters like, or something like that right off the bat. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's like three. That's in the, true. In the intro. That's true. There's a big cast, it's a though. triangle of, yeah. of the conflict going on. It spans probably years. Yeah, it the feels... Intro. It yeah, feels, the intro spans, like... Because they go through police training. Like the, yeah. They're, like, yeah, they're, like, maybe my age, like, 24, and they're just in police academy, and it kind of just chronicles. Well, no, actually, Matt Damon's a child. I'm, it goes through, like, maybe 20 years. In the very beginning, goes, yeah. <laughs> well, and that opening part two with matt damon is like it is uh so keen on adding uh that layer to damon's character for the Mm -hmm. rest of the movie you know and making him not just complete uh you know dumb scumbag policeman like there you can see what was instilled in him as a kid and like him being kind of a kid who grew up just not trusting the system and how he ends up being that cog for Jack Nicholson. It just like creates an extra layer and interesting part to Damon's character, which over the years has become one of the more interesting things about the movie for me, uh, for sure. 
when I would say at the beginning of watching this movie was like, you know, the in your more in your face stuff like Leo and like Nick Jack Nicholson, you know, and uh, Matt how, Damon's performance is so nuanced. Yeah, it's so he's so he's deeply flawed, but he he, he has so many, much pathos because you see him being groomed from a child. And yet, yeah, you see his conflict, you know, not to jump ahead, but like he yeah. wants to get out of his life so bad. He wants to escape, mm-hmm. but yet he has this bravado where he's like, I'm the shit. I've been untouchable since I was a child because this man's protected yeah. me. He's like essentially mm-hmm. groomed. Yeah, he's he's not and afraid of... Uh, he's fantastic in the movie. Like, yeah. I think he's almost an underrated performance, in my opinion. I actually have a fun fact um, for who originally was going to play Matt Damon in the movie. I don't know if you guys have heard, but so Brad Pitt, I don't know if you noticed, he had like a producing credit on the movie. Him and his, which is crazy. Him and his partner his Brad production, Pitt. His production company is just yeah. Plan does B does such good work. Plan B has produced so many great movies. Yeah. So he bought the rights to the uh, Hong Kong film Infernal Affairs, which his movie is based on, which is a great movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's pretty much beat for beat The Departed, but a lot shorter, a lot more in the style of Hong Kong cinema, but. Brad Pitt saw the movie. He's like, damn, this could be a really great American like crime drama. So he bought the rights for like 2 million bucks. And obviously he intended to star in it and he wanted to play Sullivan, the Matt Damon role. Um, but then they wrote the script and he was like, uh, I might be a little too old for this role. Like, cause he's, he's like 10 years older than Damon. He kind of has to be like a more youthful uh, presence for that character. So he handed it off to, to Damon, but I would I would almost love to see uh, Brad Pitt tackle like an Irish accent and sort of play a character that conflicted and almost straight. Cause like Brad Pitt usually plays the more oddball zany characters that, you know, Matt Damon kind of plays opposite of. So I just found that interesting that those guys kind of intertwined for casting that movie. I think, I, I feel like Brad Pitt would have almost been too cool I Maybe think that's why he, he's on the yeah. level of like Jack Nicholson, you know, like they're almost more equals when I feel like Damon drops it a notch to where mm-hmm. Jack can still mm-hmm. tower over Damon in uh, just charm and yeah. prestige and stature and all that stuff. Pitt's not that vulnerable, uh, especially at that time in his career. Yeah, Pitt, Pitt like, <laughs> I said Pitt, but Pitt. Pretty. Pitt has had so many moments of just like, you know, his characters is great because he doesn't give a fuck, you know, like in Ocean's the Eleven, Ocean's or trilogy, he's yeah. not scared of yeah. anybody. You can't believe anyone's his boss in that move in those movies. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And I uh I do I do have to point out the uh the Boston accents in this too. <laughs> you could tell I, I feel like Matt Damon loved that he got to mm talking that like oh yeah he really got to yeah back to his root yeah 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 he does how do you guys feel about jack jack's accent like it kind of floats in and out where he's like it's so tough because jack's voice is so it's distinct it's so jack's voice that for like an act yeah for an accent as strong as a boston accent to come out of that is just it's almost tough to ask i think say asking like al pacino to do something too with a very distinct voice would be almost the exact same thing it's funny you bring up pacino because that was scorsese's number one choice to play frank costello was al pacino and pacino passed because he's like i've played a million crime lords in my life i kind of want to just i don't know go work with adam sandler 
because that's what he likes to do nowadays. Um, De Niro, obviously, he's like, you know, I need an older crime boss. I'll call De Niro. De Niro, same answer. I've done this a million times. I'm bored. I also want to do. I want to do studio comedies and just, just, just. I want to do get, the intern. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do a Nancy Myers movie. Yeah. Um, and then Jack. He went to Jack, which is you know. I think the right choice for the role and he made so much more of it than what it was. Originally it was going to be a small, much smaller role in the context of the, the two rats. Like it was very much just going to be more of a plot driven role, but he made it more just of a fully realized lived in just really one of the best performances I think he's ever given. Yeah. Jack's Jack makes it so big. Like he makes this character so big and heightened that like it really does feel like that the amount of conflict that is actually driving through him in this movie, you believe it's all real because of Mm -hmm. uh, Jack's just like ability to like, you know, stare anyone in the face and not be afraid, you know, like he's just... He, he just that's just his whole element is just that he's he goes about what he does as he says later he's like uh, quiet is not what I do or something like that to Damon when he asks him to lay low later mm-hmm. um, yeah so I love that opening scene in the grocery store with uh, Jack and Damon's character and he gives he gives him all the food and he asks him if he does well in school and I, I love that just ask asking people about school um, that Frank Costello always has. It's just like an interesting thing. At one point he always, he says, uh, he sa- he says, uh, yeah, I was good in school too. They call that a paradox. He's educated, which yeah, is crazy. There, yeah, yeah. There's he, he could have went to Harvard for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a really smart guy. And just, yeah, right from the beginning, like you, uh, I think you were talking about Jake, how you just see that he's like grooming, uh, Matt Damon like right away and like becoming like yes yeah. and he like, he's literally like, seen father. like 30 years down the road too yeah yeah, yeah. by doing that the scene I that really gets beginning, me it it does a really good job of of getting you up to speed on who all these characters are because there's a mm-hmm. yeah there's a ton to keep track of but uh there are. I think it it goes through it quickly um and and you you get all the information you need and then yeah. yeah, and then you're off. I mean, we've t- Jake and I have talked a lot about this being uh, like Thelma Schumacher and Scorsese's like best edited film uh, from an editing standpoint, like for sure, like just the way it moves and uh, how precise it is. It's incredible. It's so tight and they take a lot of risks too. Like there's a lot of weird inserts that just come out of nowhere that like are so jarring, just like a lot of weird flashes and everything is so tight and precise, like you said, and just perfect on every... You can watch it a billion times and find new edits where you're like, whoa, yeah. I didn't see that before. And yeah. Thelma, and like they're, they're so seasoned at what they do, and they're still like trying to learn and like find new ways to just edit a film together. And it's like, you see that with The Irishman, what they did with that too. It's just, it's yeah. so admirable. Yeah. Well, and you know, John, you've been watching a lot of... John's been watching a lot of like Scorsese uh, rock documentaries lately. Rock docs. Rock docs. Rock docs, And I feel like the Scorsese um, like documentary style comes, came out more in his narrative films, especially in the nineties. And like, especially with like, I 
Goodfellas and Casino and just having that quick like documentary like feel and the editing being taken to a whole nother level I feel like Departed just reaches like the peak after that like 90s run that he has and it's just like really him uh show him and like Thelma Schumacher showing we know how to like cut a movie better than anyone alive like like look at this thing it's just incredible yeah 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 and it's one of my favorite movies and I think I've mentioned this on the show before it's like a lot of um just a, a lot of uh, like my favorite movies from of all time and from ones when I was a kid are just really well cut really amazingly paced uh like Raimi Spider-Man uh type pacing you know yeah where it, you know it doesn't feel like two and a half hours has gone by like Toy Story one, like what we were talking about, like the, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, but Toy Story one and The Departed in the same conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one is three times as long. Pretty close yeah. on the IMDb list. Those two movies. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we mentioned Thelma. I also want to talk about the DP Michael Ballhouse because this was his last movie with Scorsese, and they did. Goodfellas, After Hours, Last Temptation of Christ. They did so many great movies together. Mm. And I just like, he, talk about a DP no one ever talks about, but he, him and Scorsese and just like how they how they frame stuff up and how it, it kind of works with the pace of Thelma Shoemaker. Like he knows camera movement so crucial to keeping the pace up of a movie. And just the yeah. way they design every frame is like very, it's almost compared to other Scorsese movies, like there's usually a lot of people saying Goodfellas and Casino in every shot. Like they, they really packed the frame with, you know, the Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, De Niro, all the crew behind them. Like if you watch Departed, it's very much like, it's like Jack, Leo, Leo and his therapist. Like it's a very, they took a different a lot of approach. one-on-one yeah. conversations. It's very, the, it's very, yeah, it's very tight in that regard. And they keep it really minimal. And that, that's why it's so effective. I there's think. one scene, like I always remember where like, there's a great cinematography example. It's like when Alec, in Alec Baldwin's big meeting room, there's just all, all these cuts and the cameras cr- clearly like on a crane, like moving quickly around the table. Yeah. And it's oh, just yeah. like, it's just like, you know, it's like, wow, like the amount of effort it took probably to do that, you know, just for this one sec- second of this whole thing. But it, it, it like for the rhythm and, yeah. uh, and movement and, and intensity, you know, cinematic quality of it. It's so the rhythmic. It's perfection. Yeah, it's so yeah. rhythmic and just that's just like this one little insert of this awesome crane, like just coming around, you know, just around Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg, yeah. just kind of like you know, announcing this microprocessor information. Oh yeah. When they're like at odds and there's kind of pans across really quick. Yeah. Like, that's it's like probably... the first time, like you see Wahlberg's character, uh, um, like be with the rest of the regular police. Yeah. Who's kind of like led by Baldwin, like not a uh, Dingham's department or whatever. Martin Sheen. Yeah. yeah. Martin Sheen's department. He's like actually in the regular police force. Um, yeah, they do a good job of making a uh, just a room of guys sitting around a table. Of, <laughs> they do a yeah. good job of making that look interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and while on top of that just being a hilarious scene, um, mm-hmm. which I wanted to talk about more later, but we still I want to get through this intro 
<laughs> we could skip seeds. We could just go to yeah, but we haven't Leo. even gotten to like uh, there's Leo's, a lot that happens. Leo's yeah. character and all at least we gotta uh, lay out like Jack's uh, philosophy and like the philosophy of the film. He just has that one monologue where he's like, Neil, stand, Neil, stand. And um, then the whole line of, uh, you know, cops are criminals. What's the difference? Blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, the thesis of the thesis of the movie. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, Leo, Leo had obviously worked with Marty. Like this was their third collaboration, right? Like gangs, aviator. I think this was their third. Yeah. But when Brad Pitt bought the rights to the script and was like, we're going to make this movie. He had someone pretty crazy in mind for Leo's role. And I think, I personally think would have been not a more interesting choice, but definitely a more, a stunt cast is, could you imagine Tom Cruise as Billy Costigan <laughs> as an undercover Irish cop too, who is addicted to pain kills? It'd just be too old. He, he might have been. Yeah. I mean, he's Leo's Leo's character. They don't really ever say his age because, like, he's been through a lot of shit, and like, maybe he went back to school. So they didn't really. I it feel was like pretty those, ambiguous. Still does I've, seem young and innocent to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's Tom why Cruz wouldn't be so much. Yeah, right. But they're I'm also sh- that's why he didn't get the part. Like yeah. that at the yeah. same height of movie stardom to where it is ridiculous to believe that they're going through as much as they're going through. Um, which I think makes Leo's performance like seem, you know, that much better. The fact that he pulls off this role so well. Mm-hmm. I also just think seeing Tom go back, back and forth with Jack again, just cause they did it so well and a few good men. I think that's why they were like, maybe Tom, yeah, yeah. no other young actors could go toe to toe with Jack. Maybe Tom's the guy. <laughs> And Tom's probably like, no, I got to make Mission Impossible 3. He's got yeah. a million other things. I just thought that was crazy that Cruz and Leo I just worked with just, Spielberg twice. Yeah. It'd be absurd if I worked with Scorsese now. Yeah, Color of Money. It'd be part two. It is crazy, though. Like You feel like the, the most famous people ever are in this movie already, but then there's right. all the other yeah. like, insanely famous people that yeah. were almost yeah. in it, too. We're up for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, but that, so then we get what, introduced what to Leo's intro? character. <laughs> the intro is still going. <laughs> um, what, so then you, you know it literally it cuts to twenty years later where Damon's like training, like all after just you know learning the ways from Jack. All of a sudden, Damon's a man training to be a police officer, and it's so effective watching him like going through all this discipline and oath after just being like basically. Um, I don't know, just manipulated and like um, just taking up this like really fuck the system philosophy with Jack. And he's like the fact that he, you know, he's basically doing it for personal corruption and personal benefit um, is his whole reason for it. But that he has kind of an intelligent way of going about it. Um, and then we meet Leo DiCaprio and he's a hardworking young student <laughs> And uh, he's, ta- he's, he's trying to be a police officer. And then eventually we get, we get to the, that first scene with uh, Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg where uh, he, they meet both of these characters. Um, uh, first kind of congratulate Matt Damon on, you know, moving up in the department this much to where hey, he's a Tom. detective. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and uh, he flirts what, with every woman in that office. Well, yeah. So, so he good. starts off. He starts <laughs> off in the office space. Yeah, he's flirting. He's got a suit on. He's already like a high quality police detective. It's so smart how they did that, where he's just like this wonderkind. Yeah, he's just, super like, He's like Jack with women. He's um. He's like Jack. He's confident. Um, probably learned that from Jack. Mm-hmm. Father. And I, uh, and what, I also have to say I love Mark Wahlberg in this. Yeah, it Fantastic. works. Fantastic. So it works. Yeah. He's so perfect for it. He's like the he's such great like comic relief throughout the whole thing. But <laughs> like in the in the scene where they're in like the boardroom and he's like uh and he has that moment with Baldwin where he's like, Go fuck yourself. He's like, oh, uh, how's your mother doing? He's like, she's too busy fucking my father. Like, yeah, oh, like, I mean that, that exchange like that. is just done so well. Like it's like a <laughs> screwball comedy. It's like so quick, and you're like, oh, yeah, shit. yeah. I think way... that would be in like the other guys, right? Like he'd be saying that to Will Ferrell, but no, this is in a Scorsese movie. Yeah, the fact that it, yeah, <laughs> that exchange just goes down so like nonchalantly, and then they like get back to whatever the agenda is at the meeting right after <laughs> that is just it gets me every time. I think it's like the funniest thing. They but, like but what... nothing happened. Yeah. What's that line though that Mark Wahlberg that he says to uh, he says to Damon in the first meeting in the office? He's like, "We're the big shots now." Uh, what is, what's the what's Wahlberg? The, yeah, Wahlberg says it. To what Damon. Would he fucking do something really vulgar. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it goes like about a kid. Something about a young child pissing. I oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, really uh, not worth quoting. Martin Sheen goes like, if. If you uh, work hard, you'll rise fast. Like a twelve-year-old's dick. Yeah, hey, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's like like a twelve-year-old. And that's dick. the end of the conversation. It's fucking hilarious. It's just like the introduction to these two. See, so, yeah, one. It's see, like it's really authentic these characters, but then on the other hand, they just they're so cartoonish, especially yeah, Mark they're, Wahlberg's they're character. So it's so absurd. Like it's it's it toes like the line. Boston, yeah, Boston cop guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> In the best way, though. Yeah. Wahlberg, yeah, he was the only one that got an Oscar nom for that movie, which is nuts. And he's, I he's think, like the comedic he's a relief. purely comedic role too, for the most yeah. part. I don't, I think he's mostly the there end. to be funny. Yeah. He's great, like, yeah, I, another person you can't imagine anyone else. But Ray Liotta was also considered for that role, which just, I don't know. I, I, I think Wahlberg kind of secured his place in that in the pantheon of the departed. Yeah. I think but, that would have worked too, but Wahlberg just owns it. Yeah. Really it would have just been terrifying. Like good <laughs> grizzly old Henry Hill. I could see it though. I think it'd be kind of funny. Yeah. It'd be funny in a completely different way, I think. Yeah. You know? Um uh, so then Leo Yeah. He's, he gets in the he's in the office now and uh, we get the whole questioning of why he wants to be um, a police officer and that's when that wow. Boston accent you talk about uh, comes in a lot because you hear how they Marcin says co-op like a lot co-op. in this scene I think Leo's accents really not good yeah I think so it's too. such I a agree. Hollywood Isaac Jordan Marsh I don't have any family I, like, he's, I honestly, he's fantastic I think, I think Leo and for some reason, Damon's sometimes bothered me because <laughs> because I felt yeah. like uh, Damon's he, putting it on a lot. 
he's so like articulate too so he sounds like the most like obviously you know like goodwill hunting he's like a super smart guy so it's like the Mm -hmm. same thing like he's he sounds like a smart guy that for some reason has this like blue collar boston accent whereas like Mm -hmm. mark Wahlberg, it's just totally him like that is that yeah is yeah it's yeah authentic. he's putting it on a little extra but like it, yeah i i get it yeah Wahlberg's like always a little tell, extra so it's like perfect yeah. Yeah. You i think baldwin does it doing but baldwin does it really time. well like i think he gets like it feels pretty authentic to me yeah yeah and i think like it's subtle enough with him too it's not that's what i think yeah top. yeah yeah you could do like a tier <laughs> list of the Boston accent, yeah. right? Who did it best? Um, so then, uh, basically, they enlist Leo to be undercover in Dignam's unit. Pretty much with no other option. It's like, do yeah, that, they, or you're gonna die on the street, or your life's over. Yeah, he's pretty bleak. He's really, yeah. <laughs> Leo's character is introduced in a way as a man with nothing to lose, with no other options. Um, and just the amount that Leo's character deals with throughout this is just, uh, so, um, immense and it makes his, his performance just that good for me. And like one of my, you know, classic favorite Leo, uh, performance performances for sure. Mm -hmm. I love Leo in this movie too, but he falls into the Leo thing. That's kind of. It's his acting style, but he's very much like, I need to show you how damaged I am and how much I go through. And that's partly the script. I'll give him that. But it is very like, it's a Hollywoodized version of trauma, which he's good. He's good in the movie. It's just like one little, especially in the therapy scene. It's like, whoa. He's putting it on a little. It's thing. like Oscar monologue, like right, like that that <laughs> yeah. guitar, like the Howard Shore's guitar, like starts yeah. coming. Yeah, it feels in. like a, like an Oscar. All right, role. this is like an Oscar scene, but it is. It's like, all good it's acting. It's a really good Oscar scene. It's good I, acting. Yeah, I've always loved that scene. It's good acting. I, yeah, it's just and it, the way it how so it's aggressive. intercut with him going with Mr. French, like, and then they just like blow like burn a guy all of a sudden <laughs> it's like yeah it's just ray winstone is so menacing he's like an animal in this movie literally he's like his animal sidekick like a dog but he's he's incredibly good yeah just the side characters have so much rich yeah rich characters to play off of yeah i, I love it eventually when leo gets to the bar and mr french is yeah. introduced like leo's like clearly trying That's to so discover good the criminal underworld of Boston. He knows he's really smart. He's in doing how his he, work. He does the violent things, stupid things to know how to like, you fellas from Providence bring. Yeah. Bring the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, uh, the no, the no body scene. Like uh, speaking of no, which no. we just did a soundtrack score episode. Uh, Departed is, you know, up there with one of the best soundtrack scores and just so many classic. Howard Shore. Yeah, a lot of great, oh, the, the great guitar score by Howard Shore and also just the soundtrack needle drops. The soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Score Shipping up to Boston. Um, <laughs> which, and so anyways, Mr. French is introduced and um, he's like, I'm the, guy, I'm the guy to tell you, there's a guy you hit, and there's a guy you don't hit. 
So you don't fucking hit him. <laughs> this is a guy you could almost hit. Yeah, the, he's the almost guy you could hit. You could pretty much hit him. <laughs> he proceeds, he just punches that guy in the face like five yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, he's like, oh my God. I'm just here to tell you, you can't hit him. It's like a cartoon, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and, that's the and then he's like, uh, well, what's Billy's dad's name again? William Costigan Sr. He's like, Costigan. it's Will. It's it's William's nephew, and he just starts beating the shit out of the guy again. He like has that classic like he's like a boxer. Three hit, <laughs> oh, yeah, just knocked out. Floyd Mayweather, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was starting to wonder that. in real life how much leeway do like undercover cops get to like beat the shit out of people, right? Cause, yeah, because because undercover, it's okay. Lot. Well, Leo is also though he is so as we later hear he is so like. He's just so off the like record that it doesn't matter what he is he does. He is free to just do anything. Right. His <laughs> his name's in a computer on like one man's computer. They can yeah. press delete. And it's fucking Wal- it's so Wahlberg's computer <laughs> where he says like I'll delete your. What if I just delete your file? <laughs> like, like the amount of dick to him. No wonder he's addicted to pain <laughs> pills. It's so messed up. Oh man. <laughs> um. So coming up later is one of my favorite needle drops in the departed and it's when we when leo is first introduced to jack's character and i feel like you know even though we've been intro- the movie opens with jack's character mm-hmm. we still like jack is a big mystery to us so um it's in the shadows yeah so when like leo like when he comes up to leo at the bar I all I, I just feel like all right, whoa, here he is, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like that, and and the way he just, you know, the the way Leo's trying to pretend like it's not this like most infamous okay. infamous criminal next to him. He's <laughs> like, you know who I am. He's like, no, that's where I love Leo <laughs> in this movie. He's so confident and it, just uh, no, he could he's threat of death like in every scene. He's like, yeah. yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, cranberry uh, juice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so then, so then he t- he takes Leo to the back. He's like, oh, "We're not asking. We're not asking." And they I start. Said he had a fucking problem. They, they start to frisk <laughs> Leo, and, and this this become like I really wanted to set this up because this is one of my favorite scenes easily, <laughs> especially on the last time I watched it. I was just like, "This scene is so awesome." When they first like when Leo's first introduced to Jack. And I think this one song by the Rolling Stones plays in it. Oh yeah. Yes. This, this song is, uh... Let It Let It Loose by the Rolling Stones. Which you know, it's got this little pretty guitar riff in it. And classic Marty. And and it, it, yeah, it's one of those where like Marty just doesn't only nail the scene, it's, he's done That's it a million song. times. He nails the scene and he nails the musical drop with it to perfection and uh just the just like the insinuating violence along with that song and kind of Jack's monologue through this scene, like all his lines through the scene oh, it's just it's so painful. It, it's perfection and just um and he, yeah as you you were setting up that one line uh the, I said he had a fucking problem. yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> just that like that line makes me laugh so much now um where where he's like I knew your father that was his problem and Leo's like who said he had a problem and Jack's just like I just said he had a fucking problem like it's just <laughs> such a great character scene where you're like this guy gets like offended it's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas 
It's Joe it's Pesci and Goodfellas, like saying that, like, yo, you can say one thing, and all of a sudden there's violence in this world. Like with Jack, it's like if you don't think I can say, like, I can say what I want to you or anything. Like I like <laughs> you don't tell me what I can say or not say. Yeah. That's kind of yeah, and then that becomes like a theme throughout the whole thing. Is he gets very sensitive to, mm-hmm. and, and you know, people think of him a certain way or try to, um, yeah, yeah. He he always he wants to be, prove that he's the smartest and and the best. Yeah, nobody can get anything past him. Yeah, yeah. That's what Jack brought to this role. Like, not all of that's in the script. It's like how he presents himself and how how he says certain lines. You're like this guy is so stunted because he's been at the top for so long where he can't take criticism. He can't take any like sort of threat because he's so jaded. He's like, whatever, I'll get away with it somehow. I'm, I'm an FBI informant. I'm going to be fine. I'm untouchable. And just, he kind of plays it almost like he's bored a lot of the time. Like he'll just do stuff. He says later, he's like, I don't need, I don't need to fuck anymore. I don't need money anymore. Mm-hmm. This is just my life. Yeah, like I yeah. just have to play it out because that's my life. Yeah, he doesn't know so anything good. else. That's so good. And, and there's a point where Leo, yeah, and I think he says that after Leo like asks yeah, him, like, why don't you just like hang it up, Jack, and like, right, exactly. go live off your stuff? Why do you gotta keep doing mm-hmm. this shit? Like it's obviously causing so much trouble and like you so much paranoia. And it, yeah, it, the fact that he doesn't know what else to do. <laughs> He like owns Boston. He like he controls the cops. He has a penthouse and like the tallest building, and he's still like running cocaine at at the very end. And you're just like, damn, this guy. Yeah. So it's the lost soul. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it's really just because there is so much corruption in this movie. Like it is basically like it. It doesn't feel ever like it's you know good versus bad in the. It, it feels like the cops and the criminals are just at war. You know yeah, what I mean? It's and like a like, war in, in a so. way that it doesn't like, I don't know. They're just in their own, in their own league. Basically. Both fighting, fighting like a losing battle. Yeah. Pretty much mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Everyone pretty much hates each other. Uh, collectively in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the only neutral person is like Vera Farmiga, the one female in the movie <laughs> i know this is such a mad really movie yeah. <laughs> and then there's like jack's like three he has like, like that three wives three wives going on they're just around and he always has these goofy interactions with them <laughs> all right well then where uh, do we uh where do we go well from? so leo there so leo so then leo gets like <laughs> they break off leo's cast and this is where the scene reaches its uh, high point where Jack J- Jack yells, are you still a cop? And the, and the Rolling Stones song is still playing and Leo's just in tremendous no! pain doing some of that Hollywood acting as Jake mentioned on just like, that's kind of what Leo's always in this movie. He's always like anxious and like, ah, like <laughs> I'm in so much deep shit, like all the fucking time. Um, he does it well. He does it really yeah. well. And Jack just goes like, "Are you gonna keep doing deals with your dr- cokehead fucking cousin, Kevin Corgan?" <laughs> yeah, man. Kevin Co, who's played well for the short time by Kevin Corgan, who's in sleazy ass coke dealer, I guess. Yeah, this is his character. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Corgan is always there. He just always yeah. shows yeah, up, pops up in something. He really and does. He fits. He fits in everything. Yeah. He just, yeah. Yeah. 
comedies scorsese he's in goodfellas actually for a really yeah. brief really he's like his brother the in the wheelchair oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like stir the sauce to, yeah um, yeah yeah to kevin Corgan. corgan's the man yeah that's yeah cool. he just shows up in everything and he always he's always like a very similar character but he still fits <laughs> as that character yeah. and everything yeah um and so then yeah so leo is uh basically at a point where he can join Jack's crew. And then we get more of like an inside look to Jack's life where we, where we see his big apartment penthouse. penthouse. Um, and he's talking to Mr. French and Mr. French goes like, I'm reliable. He's like, who's reliable these days, Mr. French. And Mr. French is like, I'm, re- I'm reliable. There's one in 2 million. Yeah. He's like, he's like 10. I think he says 10 million. 10 million he's like yeah. one in one in a million. He's like 10, 10 million. I think he quotes Jack Nicholson quotes the Beatles at one point or John Lennon. Well, yeah. Later when he yeah. speaks, when he speaks to Leo, he's like, <laughs> he's Lennon, like, you know, Lennon. Lennon. He's like yeah. he was the president before Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. What a line. <laughs> Actually there's so on the, uh, on the departed that I've got of right now is just also another great uh, Jack line where <laughs> he's talking with Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen, like, yeah um, by like the my harbor scene yeah and he's like oh yeah what did your father call you oh i forgot he wasn't around <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like he's trying to like zing him like your dad wasn't yeah. around much that's one of those yeah. scenes where it's like ex executed just so well like they're just like so like it's so childishly <laughs> giving these yeah. insults to each other would you wipe your ass for me or something yeah it's just would yeah, you like to wipe to your ass him. for me i guess you like to go at your own pace like every single thing that he says to them is just so that sarcastic and so good oh i forgot he wasn't around <laughs> it's like he's high like schoolers this, like just yeah other. he's like a 60 year old man talking about how his dad wasn't around yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're all good with the tranks Let's get back into it. Where, so where at this point, yeah, they're so, Matt now, Damon. Now, now we need to climb in the Damon. ladder, climbing the ladder rapidly, and you you could just you assume it because of his charm and his just his his fake front. But then he meets a gal named Madeline, played by Vera Farmiga. Then he starts building another life simultaneously. He has like three different. Fake life's pretty much happening at the same time, if you really think about it. And yeah, just as another layer of just complexity and paranoia for his character. And he's, yeah. he plays it so collectively. But then there's that scene when they have dinner. And do you remember, the? there's a really meaningful quote that he says when the, des- the dessert comes that really sums up like his... When he ends it. Yeah, well, like at the end of the scene. All right, he, I know what it is. He says, "I'll just start shooting, and I'll just start arresting innocent people." Right. Yeah. You are trouble. He, like he makes a joke. Like I, you know, like um, he's like, "I'll, I'll always have a job. I'll just start yeah. arresting innocent people." And she, and she <laughs> takes it as a joke. Like you know, oh, what an absurd thing to say. But he really like he really means that like he'll do whatever. That really yeah it defines no, his character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. And I love when like he starts like assembling his own crew, like that one police officer who we actually end up finding out is He works for Costello. He works for Costello as well yeah. on the inside. And he's Damon's like <laughs> chewing gum and 
he's like me he's like you know maybe i'll maybe i can do something for you you know maybe i'll get you a job you know you work under my unit right that's such a quick but just pivotal moment too yeah you don't think anything of it. he's clearly forming now his own crew of of you know his own uh totem pole of, of the police department to where he's you know a higher up uh you know corruption yeah which then does lead to be useful uh for for him and jack later on Mm -hmm. he gets like access to their records which is just nuts and he can just call the shots on tailing people (laughs) yeah like goddamn he's like the lead and he eventually (laughs) yeah he becomes the leading guy he's uh, to find pretty much like that's what his department is for yeah so he's able to like yeah, just they have full control of this whole situation with what they got going on, and like literally the only, uh, the only advantage that the Boston PD has is like the fact that Leo's in the trenches, you know, giving intel, like you know, getting closer to uh, Costello. Reaction he's always like he's talking to a cop, and then he's on the two seconds yeah. later he's on the phone i think a cop will walk up to him and say oh hang up yeah i he's think like, a great example of that is like when they're doing that drug deal with like the chinese or whatever and they've got cameras mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. and uh mark damon's on the phone with jack telling you know giving him yeah. signals that they're you know the deal is being watched yeah. um i think he says something like their own language yeah I won't be home for supper. Yeah, that, that, tell mom I'm sorry. Or yeah, something like that. And, and then Martin Sheen's just looking directly at him, and Damon has to like transition, and he's like, yeah. "All right, you know yeah. the players, call the game." And then, and Damon runs like the whole like uh, thing, and just announcing who everyone is in but the crew. And you stuff. don't know if like Marty Sheen might know something. No, I think like his that performance. His performance like, clearly oh God, shows like, that uh, he knows it. He knows it's Damon. And yeah, I think Mark he's like, you're up to some, too. you're playing some side. I don't know but what But they're like, they're just such a small section of the police department. Like mm-hmm. one, like actually intelligent, like suspicious section of the police department. And basically everyone else is like a tenured, like idiot, idiot basically is what it seems like. Um, but that raid scene is also one of my favorites just because of how it goes down, the way it's shot and how tense it is. <laughs> And the uh, scores like pounding and and, and, and and like the language the language barrier and the fa- and watching Jack go back and forth between the translator and about like the automatic weapons and like he can't let it go he's he keeps going on about it yeah he's like in this country we do not <laughs> do business <laughs> deals with automatic weapons <laughs> he's like it does add inches to your dick. You get a life sentence for it. <laughs> Even though guys are like, yeah, we can't say anything to this fucking It's guy. just one of those where there's so many scenes where you like with um, Costello where you're like, the way this man talks, he's like the most interesting criminal character I've ever seen sometimes and in a movie. At the same time, he's also wearing like a bucket hat and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just looks yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. It's like low-key Frank Costello, I feel like. He's like, yeah, he's going yeah. to a picnic or something afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He almost looks like a private investigator trying to like hide himself. Yeah, um, and <laughs> and I love how with the tension, the f- one in the fact that at the like I don't know whatever you call it the uh, the behind the scenes police who are watching this 
business transaction go down. They're realizing they don't have a camera for the back. So this whole thing's fucked. Everyone's getting mad there. And also Jack, uh, Frank Costello is continuing to argue um, with (laughs) these guys. He's trying to get by, sell the microprocessors to not buy them. Is he selling them? He's selling them because he's selling microprocessors. Somehow stole them from like a government facility. And you're just hoping (laughs) that everyone doesn't shoot each other up. Mixed with all that tension back at the police department realizing they we fucked this whole thing up is just it's just another great scene yeah it's yeah, also because like Leo, freaking out too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's like he's texting yeah, martin yeah. sheen matt damon plays that scene too when they're like oh they botched the raid alec baldwin's freaking out and then you cut yeah. to matt damon Damon's kind of like, just like fake rolling his eyes he's he's like, oh like, my I, god like, i can't believe we botched the raid we had this you know when in fact uh, he, he he ruined like the entire raid yeah and it's, it's just, oh man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And if it, I think it is too, because if it weren't for that camera guy, yeah, who fucked mm. up, then Matt Damon like would it would be like, all right, then why did, didn't this go right? It's because like Matt Dave Matt Damon would be exposed right there. Yeah, probably. And that's also a lot Got about what that scene is about: is Matt Damon being like uh, figured out, basically. Did we talk about Leo's therapy session? We we, we kind of did. I it. mean, like we you said about the uh, in the business transaction scene where Leo's just dealing with a lot of pressure through that. It, a lot of this is just the fact that Leo's like dealing with violent just moments in front of him that are like uh, driving him mad, and then yeah, he eventually he wants to get on uh, Valium because his life is so fucked up. It gets so bad where he's like, I have to block out everything so I could just focus on staying alive. It's like so primal. But then yeah. he's like begging her, he's like, give me some volume. And he does it, he just throws a tantrum and, and like walks out. That is like, that is an Oscar real yeah. scene right there. Yeah. That's like his, his character's fully coming out. Yeah, it's not only like furious and angry and out of control, but it's just like also very smart yeah um yeah and and also the, just the fact that that scene has like him with mr french yeah. going on intertwined like, jobs and he, you know mm-hmm. it, mr french just like wake the wake the fuck up yeah. you know like because he gets hit in the face like the guy throws something ridiculous there's like a him. kid's toy at yeah his like face a giant kid's like toy a at his face <laughs> and it also cut within that montage is when he meets marty martin sheen and mark Wahlberg like under a bridge and he's pretty much just begging them, like, get me out of this, get yeah, me out of this. Yeah. And Mark Wahlberg, of course, is like, just man the fuck up, you pussy. And he's yeah. just kind of, yeah. Not the way to treat him under the circumstances. Still kind of funny yeah. scene. It, it, it's a funny, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's kind of a funny scene. Because of how much of a dick Mark Wahlberg yeah, is. Yeah, like no empathy for this guy living in hell, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's we, a good, wanna... uh, like, good cop, bad cop, but like, Martin Sheen and Mark Wahlberg, like oh yeah. Sheen yeah. Obviously, yeah, obviously shows a lot of empathy for him. Um, yeah, he ends up being more of a father figure to Leo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tying in with the the father figure like identity theme of the yeah exactly theme. yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also one that scene under the bridge and then eventually in the car with those three. Uh, it just. Uh, it, it's a, one of those more where you feel more for Leo in the whole situation that he's in as they say, all right, we realize we got a, there's an undercover. Costello's a f- undercover in our 
in the yeah. boss police department. And Leo's just like, are you adding more me? to his we're, plate? We're already like in such a bad <laughs> situation now. There's they have a guy on the inside. Yeah, we're already in such can a clearly disadvantage. see why he wants to get out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I love I've always loved Leo's line delivery where he's like, "How come you can't arrest him for one of the million felonies I see him do? I mean, he <laughs> murders someone." <laughs> And I don't know how much further this is past that, but um, the scene once uh, once Matt Damon leaves the movie theater with uh, the envelope and it starts this chase Citizens. between yeah, a little Hitchcocky chase scene. Yeah, I really love that that chase scene too, where um, mm. it's kind of like the identity of Matt Damon is still a little ambiguous to DiCaprio, but uh, he's just getting like. He's just inching so so close, um, right? And yeah, it's all there's like like the night the nightlife going on and everything. It's just yeah, uh, everyone has like hats and like see. umbrellas or hoods on, so you can't see who mm-hmm. anyone is already. It is dark everywhere. Yeah. It yeah. just seems like a really. completely different scene from from the rest of uh, the movie at, up to that. True. Point. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like I don't like. There's a lot of mo- examples, but the first one that comes to my mind is like the like uh once upon a time in hollywood spawn ranch scene it's just like a a brief like little short film of tension Mm -hmm. yeah totally and matt damon kills a random person yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. because he thinks he's like so it's so upsetting yeah and he just walks away he's like oh i gotta go check the cameras in my at the police department (laughs) to make sure i could get away with this (laughs) murder yeah he does he immediately immediately cuts to him on the computer like checking the cameras yeah and a that, woman yeah. comes in and is like hey hon <laughs> yeah just man yeah he just straight yeah, up stabbed man. the guy in the middle of the of the street yeah <laughs> and i could like nothing happened yeah. a poor guy who's like unloading like a truck yeah just doing his job yeah yeah yeah, and that scene is just so pivotal because at that point it is so vital for both sides to find who the uh, quote r- quote rat is mm-hmm. in, in each on each side. It's becoming to the point where ever, they're at a stand, standstill until they find each That's other's rat. That's all they rat. can do is just yeah. chase each other, literally like a cat and mouse. Not far after that, I think it's hard to really pinpoint the the structure of this movie as we go on, but. It kind of uh, Jack Nicholson's at this show with some, I, I'm assuming prostitutes, and it kind of cuts to this montage. They're doing coke, the and cocaine, yeah. Very, yeah, very a lot of really, you know, the bread lighting. It's very stylized. Seventies influence. Yeah, and it's kind of just like it marks like, oh shit, he's like officially, he's numb. He's lost his mind, and it cuts to, it cuts to Leo. Yeah. Like that's Leo one of my favorite over the shoulder Leo scene. and Le- Leo and Jack in that. It's just one of my favorite cuts because he's like, does he know something? Is he lost his mind? It's just his character. You can't pinpoint it's what unpre- he's thinking. It's so unpredictable. And that scene is just a perfect segue into like the madness that that Jack kind of just shows through the second half. Like with that scene, which we'll get to, and just so many scenes to come. I just always love that transition, Thelma, man. Yeah, it it is like. It is, and it is so naturally done from the uh, just really confident 
young, like smart Jack, not young, but just confident, smart Jack before who's more, who's more on his toes. And then like when the heat is coming, he feels the heat coming around the corner. He puts on this just, you know, just crazy coked out, just like, you know, paranoid about his entire crew, loose cannon persona that he has uh, throughout the rest of the movie. How many, it's like, how many rats do you think he's dealt with? Like there could have been, he's been at the position, like Matt Damon was maybe 10 or 11. He's been like 50 plus years he's been at this spot. And he's like, he's probably dealt with, that's why he became an FBI, FBI informant. You're like, I don't blame him, I guess, with the amount of corruption that goes on in this fictionalized Boston. But yeah, it's just, it's it's so crazy how he, he deals with stuff at that point. Yeah, he, he says he says in that scene, he's like, in past years, he says in past years, I would have killed everybody. I would have just killed everybody, right. basically. Like, exactly. Yeah. Start his crew over, you know. He probably and, did do that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Him and French. into this business. Yeah, he... <laughs> He's definitely dealt with rats in the past. Leo's again against the wall, and he holding his own. Like, he, yeah, like, and he just couldn't. He pulls it off. Like he actually convinces him that, you know, that he's like trustworthy to him. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he kind of pulls what Jack pulls earlier. He's like, "If you question me, I will fucking kill you." And he's yeah. and Jack's like, "I respect that. That's a version of me that's kind of." created out of our relationship and he's like this guy's trustworthy yeah because he, like, he is he is channeling Costello. He's, he's like when yeah. he says that like you question me twice like i'll right. put a bullet in your head and you yeah, don't know if he's time. acting yeah. you don't know if he's acting or he's actually like I, he's slowly becoming costello because he's been undercover for like a year he's playing both sides like he's going nuts but also i have to stay alive i have to put on a and then front. that's why like frank asks him later he's like could you be me? And, you know, yeah. And like, he's like, I, I could be you, Frank. Yeah, I could be you. He's like, but I don't want to be you, Frank. I also love in that scene. He's like, clearly like, he's so fed up with Frank shit. He's like, you know what I love about restaurants? And Leo just like, fuck. Yeah. He continues to like go, he what wants to go on about? another tirade of like, he's like you know, <laughs> Lennon said, you yeah. know, like another one. The of amount those, of like, monologues he has yeah, had to listen like, to. Yeah. You know, like, He's like, you know, like about restaurants. He's like, the fucking food. What? That's so funny. Old man storytelling. Yeah. 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 I love also that scene is there's some improvisation going on where Jack drops the gun and you can see him look off screen. He's probably looking at Marty. He's like, do I keep going? Because he like shrugs. He's like, and he looks at the gun and then he just plays the scene. And it's like they didn't have to put that in there, but it's so. He's still in character, but he's also not it's like at the playful, same time. The character's being so yeah, playful. He's, being, he's like he's just playing with the prop, and it's just so it's wild. They put that in, and it works so well. Uh, like the fact that I brought up the other one over with the low Rolling Stones song, and this one, they like the two Jack Leo say, mm. scenes for me are both so memorable. The heat starts to build up even more. Yes. Um, <laughs> for. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Really, this is when Damon's really like locked in on figuring this shit out because he's getting right. paranoid that he's, yeah, you know, someone's onto him. So exactly, he's yeah, getting more information on and like I guess finding out what information the and, cops have. And I, I guess we're getting to where like he wants him to follow Sergeant Dignam, Martin Sheen. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Crew. Captain Queenan is his name. Oh, Captain I've said I've said the wrong name like Dingdom's Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I've said the wrong name multiple times then. Oh. Yeah, Martin Sheen is Captain Queen. Captain Queenan. Yeah. Such a good name for like Queenan. A good yeah. natured man Queenan. like Martin Sheen. Queenan. <laughs> and he's like, I have to I have to follow Captain Queenan. It's no protocol. matter how troubling it is for your <laughs> fucking conscience or something like that, he says. <laughs> Yeah, and they basically they tail him, and both crews end up crossing paths to where they basically have a shootout. A little shootout, pretty yeah, pretty upsetting death with Captain Queen, and it's very yeah, because you just he just started to very much become the father figure in Leo's life. You're like, oh, he's this this is one of the best characterized characters in the movie because like he has a house. He's like, my wife made supper. I have a kid at Notre Dame. It's like really quick, but then you're like you kind of grow to very much just feel acquainted with him and then just snap. He's gone. Immediately. He's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it really does. <laughs> it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. 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 It's upsetting too. He's like, I will get you out of this. I, cause he's the only one that could get Leo out. And it, he finally was like, I can do it. It, w- it won't take overnight. It just, he just dies. And you're like, yeah, Leo's locked in there forever. Yeah. It's so like, what's going to see like the glimmer of hope for Leo too. That yeah. Gonna... And then that just goes away. And it, of course, he, it just, has he, he says, like, he I'll, I'll get you him. out of this, too. Yeah. 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 He's just directly in front of him. Yeah. The guy who you just talked to about getting you like, like getting you out of this, saving your life in a way. And he literally falls to his death right in front of you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and then, of course, all the blood's on on, uh, on Leo. It, it splatters on his face. <laughs> yeah. To make it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> And then later, that oh, guy's fuck. that guy who that guy who's dying on Costello's cruise, like where where the fuck were you? Yeah. Actually, that's not, no, that was the, not the dying guy, the that's, mosh guy. That's the guy who's alive. Who the died. other guy who you find out is a rat. It's that it's that Irish guy who goes like who Damon goes into the um, police like interrogation. Yeah, he room pretends to be the lawyer. Pretends to be the lawyer. He's yeah. like, where the fuck were you? Like, I called you. <laughs> that's like the most authentic Irish guy. In the oh movie yeah, by he, far. He is. He, his accent is, is so great. Like him and Jason Statham are probably cousins or something. <laughs> the fuck were you? He's like, I was in the, I was in the store with no signal. Once I got the signal, I got the call. <laughs> it's just like so much like heat and distrust yeah. and, com- com- and confrontation in this whole movie when i'm watching that a scene like that i'm always like oh my god there's just so much going on and then that the guy that you that was dying like on his deathbed tells Leo, like, <laughs> yeah 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 i was a rat this whole time basically yeah. another guy who could have helped leo out dies right in front of him the amount of deflecting that like leo's character has to do like the amount he has to process too is like oh this guy was on my side the whole time we could have helped each other yeah, and he's right, dead yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're very much winding down on the plot. Yeah, I mean, at least till the the confrontations that ensue. I mean, eventually, Matt Damon, Matt call, Damon calls Leo. Um, oh, that's right. And Leo's yeah. like packing all his things up. He's like, this like is he, done. <laughs> his whole thing is in limbo. Like his everyone who was in like charge of him, like um, Dignam quit. Queenan is dead, so Leo's just like I gotta get out of Dodge. Like no one knows me um, in this whole thing, and so then when he gets the call, he like clearly doesn't have 
the full trust of who's calling him, you know, like he, he doesn't like, I don't know. You don't see how much he really communicates with Matt Damon, but then eventually later he's like texting him, you know, where Costello is, but you know, you still, yeah. They gain each other's trust by being rats to each other. And then he's like, all right, I'll go in. And while Matt Damon basically is going after Frank, that's when Leo shows up. Basically. He kind of disappears during that whole, he like, he, he runs out. Remember then I guess he goes straight to the, the police station from that raid. <laughs> yeah. I love how Damon though, plays this whole next selection of scenes where he, oh, yeah. Baldwin's His like, where are you at? What you've been to, what have you been doing? He's like, Hey, I got Costello yeah. now. <laughs> and then he's like, we'll take this Queen's pr- guy. We'll t- I got Queen's guy. I bought him. He's like, we'll take this prick tonight. <laughs> they don't even question like this guy is so functional. Yeah. Basically. basically like, what? How did this happen? <laughs> they just, Yeah. And so, and then they go after Frank and we get like an awesome shootout in this like warehouse area amongst the cars. It's and, slaughtered basically. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Poor French. Yeah. Mr. French shoots, shoots himself. himself in the neck or something. Yeah. <laughs> So unpredictable if you hadn't seen it. I remember mm-hmm. just people getting off like just so nonchalant. Like, what is this movie becoming? But on rewatch, you you kind of see the just the way it's leading up and the themes of the movie. You're like, oh, yeah, it's that system being sort of just in circulation. It's very, it's risk taking for sure. Like we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves with that, but you know, like Jack kind of it's. He gets off Leo. It's pretty nuts how it unfolds. Yeah, I do recall the ending when I was like younger and first yeah, seeing this. Like, like the whole end last hour felt very just chaotic and like, okay, oh my god, yeah. everyone is dying. <laughs> you know, but but not fully grasping what it all meant necessarily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just getting to to Mr. French's death here. So. Oh, we're we're lining up. Yeah, we yeah we almost perfectly. Yeah, yeah. holy shit! That's like, really lined literally up. Literally, like well, when yeah. we were talking about the rat scene. We're, we're yeah. it, it was we the did, rat scene. Yeah, pretty on point with the very rat. weird, very weird. Um, I was even thinking about reading the subtitles to see if you guys could guess what scene we were in, but we were get we were lining up to. We're already on point. Yeah, <laughs> too perfectly. That's crazy. But we, Jack and David's final words together. Yeah, is, it's you're That's about to get to that big, too. Big scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just getting to like the big ass like tractors right now. Yeah. He sits he sits in like the yeah, <laughs> the tractor. Mm-hmm. He's like what, what, what like a son? All no, that murdering, like... all that fucking yeah, and no sons. Yeah, <laughs> you're it's an FBI cr- informant. Are you fucking kidding me? Fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll grow up. He's got just blood is just like pouring out of his mouth. <laughs> Jack's still at that moment, oh, like, of course, I talk. Yeah, FBI. he's dying, and still he's like, <laughs> he's still, yeah, don't question me. He's still so what are you sm- talking he's about? still so smooth. <laughs> Nobody knows nothing. I didn't take anyone down who wasn't going down already. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Damon kills him, and then of course takes then, credit yeah, as the hero. I, like the yeah, so he kills him, and then the score just kind of kicks in. It's like duh, duh, and he's like, and then the Damon's performance continues. He's like, I got him, yeah. I got Costello, yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to him immediately, like just They're shaking hands with like, like no, no, everyone's like. 
<laughs> and he's just like so, the best cop in the force. Like one of yeah. the secretaries, like really, thank you. Thank you. You, <laughs> you eliminated then, crime from Boston. Yeah, and then he immediately has to like then face Leo's character, who knows he's like who eventually who like realizes off of just looking for some paperwork on his desk that he's actually citizens. a piece of shit yeah yeah well, from the from the misspelled citizens like uh another just beautiful like just uh storytelling thing where that scene where he's like are you kidding me citizens like that's how you spell it and, <laughs> and so they end up crossing it out and that's how leo recognizes the the envelope yeah something yeah. seems so trivial and then it's just like that's pretty much is like the heel turn in the movie yeah it's like one of the most key touch. things yeah, yeah. um and uh leo, i love like leo just runs away and matt damon's like oh shit like i know why <laughs> he, yeah he saw this nothing's holding them back anymore yeah. it's just like free for all mm-hmm. so then he sends the tapes to vera farmiga at matt damon's house and she listens to them his relationship with her is now fucked and Dave, and then that Leah wants to meet him with where Queenan died, basically at the yeah big, forty four seven wash yeah forty seven wash whatever, whatever it was yeah and it's a very intense scene of gun pointing ensues yes just desperation and just I have nothing left to live for but to fuck you over for fucking me over yeah and vice versa yeah. Yeah, and, and Leo really like as Damon puts it in the scenes, like not in a good position, like at all, because yeah, like I don't like, give a fuck. He's like, <laughs> I'm still fucking arresting you, even though I may not be an actual cop. <laughs> like I'm still arresting you. <laughs> Anthony Anderson bursts through the door. Yep, and, and, yep, and, and it becomes this thing about of trust on like who he actually trusts, just because he met like Leo before, and I, which I think is a little much, you know, because Leo's like, you know who I am, and it's like he keeps saying that they line. Could have like, been they friends. Had, like, you know, one it's scene, hard to they say. They like one scene together, you know. The movie's so efficient; they didn't have like maybe one scene of them getting in a beer or something, right? So you just kind of have to make the the leaps yourself. <laughs> Still. Yeah, shit and, happens. Uh, so they go down the elevator, and uh, the guy who Matt Damon recruits to be the first guy in his crew Pop. ends up sh- shooting Leo. And uh, and was there another guy? Just Leo shoots Leo, and, and they shoot Anthony, Anthony Anderson. And, and, yeah, and, and then uh, re- Damon realizes he wasn't the only guy on the inside, which is probably kind of crushing. So you were the him only guy he, inside. He probably doesn't feel as special anymore after something like that. That's the thing, that kill is almost out of spite. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm the one that controls this side. He he shoots shoots this guy in the head. Yeah, he he feels a lot more insignificant then. Yeah, almost Um, like like Costello is cheating on him or something. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not really the it man is, yeah. he is. Like mm-hmm. as his it's not as impressive his resume as it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um because Costello is that big, like he has that many guys around, you know. Um and then he and then he he recommends uh Leo for the Medal Little of Merit. Merit. Uh and uh it's Leo's funeral. Wow. What was that? What is that? I just heard that too. Yeah, what? That was weird. That sounded like from my headphones, right? I don't know. Like, so that uh, was a really wow. weird noise. <laughs> yeah. So we should take a break.
Why you think we should check it out? I don't know. That was weird. You can go. Yeah, just check on mom, I guess. I don't know what that was. Everything's okay. Did someone join our Zoom or something? Yeah, we almost we got Zoom bombed, maybe. Yeah, it sounded like a door creaking or something. I'm glad you guys noticed too, because I heard something and I was like, what the? I, I thought that was just like on me, like on my end. Like I just heard something in my headphones. Did you think you heard it through our video? Yeah, or yeah. Like, it sounded like it came through yeah. like your mic. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell it wasn't wasn't like here. I hate that. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, glad everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. So after that brief interruption, we are at the funeral scene of Billy Costigan Jr. Costigan. Uh, Damon's there. Yeah, yeah Damon's and, there. And uh, and Vera Farmiga, who uh, she. Kind of, they loved each other. Uh, they kind yeah. of had a. Her and Leo DiCaprio had a, like a real, like really, yeah, real love affair. And the baby could be Leo's. Because mm. when yeah. he says, "What about the baby?" She like doesn't even glance at him. It's like you're not the father. Possibly, I've never thought about that way, but I think that I think it true. almost. Because their sex scene is like they don't show that Matt Damon have sex with her once. Like Leo and that her well, Leo sex, has like an intimate sex. That would scene. only make yeah. sense. Like oh, that yeah, pregnancy. like to a Roger Waters song where it's yeah. like this is conception. <laughs> yeah, it's a very artsy uh, sexual scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah, and then basically comes to uh, Matt Damon's fate, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Yeah, he's bringing home bagels and a dog like doesn't he can't even look at him, and Wahlberg just stares at him with like the most amount of hate you can see mm-hmm. someone stare at someone and okay just shoots him and it's yeah it's such a um it's such a pleasing death because Matt Damon's life is so absurd that you're like all right thank you like this guy's yeah. he could have became president if he kept going the way I know, he was raising. Yeah. Especially after like the scene before and he's at the funeral for a guy that died pretty much because of him. <laughs> right. Innocent undercover cop that died because of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's the the rat running the across rat the, the railing with the golden dome. <laughs> the dome which like he's always staring at throughout the movie. Like yeah. when he graduates from the police academy, he's like looking at it, talking about how firefighters are homos. And then when he gets that apartment, like it's a huge deal for him. Like he feels like he's made it for some reason that he cause just because he can see that building. He just wants ownership of everything, basically. That's a, yeah, he's got that, that, that greedy, the greedy Frank mentality. Yeah. 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 Great movie. <laughs> Great. Great movie. Yeah, that's yeah. It. that's it. Yeah, we Best covered all that. the Departed. Yeah, we didn't even did we even mention the Dropkick Murphys in this whole uh, this whole episode? Yeah, that's... shipping up to Boston. <laughs> My first iPod, I had I had that song on it, and it was just from <laughs> the Departed soundtrack. So that's yeah, that's... movie. That's all I knew about it was. 
Was that Which song? song is the Dropkick Murphy one? I'm shipping the... up to Boston. It's a super <laughs> Irish song. Oh, the with the um bat with it the plays twice. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Played it, it like plays in and Leo's like doing coke. At least yeah. I think that's oh, he's how he's not. Think. Isn't <laughs> he's he in jail? Isn't he in one scene like doing coke when that song plays? Like he does it like a hit of something, or or he's like slapping himself. He's away getting himself together. Yeah, to like yeah, go do okay, a raid, yeah. another raid with Frank. It or plays something. right before the raid. Yeah, get rid of the fucking like, tail. I, don't I lost my leg. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see like Jack Nicholson sing along in the car. We're going to fucking raid. <laughs> From yeah, Boston. And Mr. French is like, that's a nation of rats. Yeah, yeah. We had like family friends growing up who were Scottish and they were just obsessed with the, the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Watching hockey and listening to the Dropkick yeah. Murphy song. <laughs> yeah, that's such a hockey song. Yeah. I feel like it is. The characters but... in The Departed probably love hockey. <laughs> yeah. Just they love random, those ruins. A random thing I might think. Sullivan probably some hockey jerseys in his apartment. But oh. uh, anyway, where does uh, the departed uh, rank on all of our Scorsese's canon? So I think this is for sure like an S tier Scorsese movie. You know, this is. Yeah, I always personally go in between, like whether this I think this is the best one or whether I think it's Goodfellas. I'd say most of the time I think it's Goodfellas. But like maybe twenty percent of the time, I I'm like maybe it's The Departed because I love it so much and it's so rewatchable for me. Yeah, I think Goodfellas is for sure my number one. But this is in this is in my top three. Top three. Yeah, I'm the same. I think for a while it was like switching between Goodfellas, Departed, sometimes Raging Bull, Taxi Driver territory, but just on rewatchability factor and enjoyment wise, like. Some of those early movies are pretty upsetting and pretty uh, pretty dark character studies, but then you watch Departed, Goodfellas, all that. Those are more weirdly enjoyable, just rewatchable films. And I always say Departed is number one. I think it's his best movie. Yeah. I mean, at times I have like, a gr- I have been like, oh, Jake, like, you know, definitely he thinks Departed's the best, then I. I have confidence to also think it's the best. And so like at times, like I think I once posted um, my Scorsese list on the Cinnabums Instagram. And I was, I, I was like, Ooh, but I, for this list, I got departed at one. What's funny is like, I maybe a month or two later, I switched, I changed the <laughs> list on my letterbox. I was like, no way. Goodfellas is number one, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's like Goodfellas it, it, and departed, are like interchangeable for you. They really are. Yeah. It's like that, but I, I am currently very set on Goodfellas, but I think Goodfellas is set to, it's just departed. It's a personal favorite. If you say best Scorsese movie, I'd say Goodfellas. I think there's, it can be two different things for me. The, the Departed's yeah. right up there with Hugo for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. uh, I think we, I think we, uh, we covered the we've, departed enough. Yeah. We've milked the teats of the departed. Yeah. 